0: Gregory of Nazianzus, who became Patriarch of Constantinople, one of the celebrated Cappadocian fathers of the fourth century, along with Basil the Great and Gregory of Nyssa, was one of the most celebrated orators of the early church. He writes in regard to this chapter on love that here we may read what Paul said about Paul. I submit, brothers and sisters, that only a man in whose heart the Spirit of God has kindled a faith like Paul's could evidence a love like Paul's And on the basis of his own experience of that love, record its glories in what may be called the New Testament psalm of love. From the standpoint of literature, this is one of the most remarkable passages that ever came from the pen of man. It is characterized by poetic beauty and scientific analysis. It seems almost irreverent to analyze it for it is full of beauty and yet marvelous in technique. Paul's description of the action and behavior produced by love is distinctly counter cultural it speaks against the envy pride and self-centeredness of the corinthian christians and in so doing speaks clearly to our own generation as well brothers and sisters, in a society where so much is presented in terms of the self, self self-awareness, self-esteem, self-acceptance, self-image, self-realization, self-actualization. Self-care, self-medicating. To present a way of existence in which a person lives for other people in a life of loving self-sacrifice is highly provocative for people who are concerned about themselves following the one who gave his life as a ransom for us all will be humbling and undoubtedly costly in terms of human recognition and progress in life as the world defines what love is. Paul is writing this letter in response to a report from Chloe about problems in the Corinthian church, and he provides apostolic guidance for dealing with those problems. In chapters eight through 10, Paul addressed the issue of eating food that had been sacrificed to idols. In chapter 11, he dealt with the issue of women covering their heads and abuses of fighting around the Lord's Supper table. In chapters 12 through 14, Paul deals with the issue of spiritual gifts. Brothers and sisters, rather than celebrating one another's gifts, the Corinthian Christians have become proud concerning their particular gifts and dismissing the gifts of other believers. Therefore, spiritual gifts have become a divisive influence in the body of Christ. There are three movements in chapter 13 on love. In verses 1 through verse number 3, Paul shows us the value of love. In verses 4 through 7, he shows us the virtues of love. And he ends with verses 8 through 13 revealing the victories of love. The whole idea of these verses is that brothers and sisters, love is distinct from and superior to anything we can be or do. Regardless of what we do, if it is not infused with and carry out through the love of God. It is a colossal waste of time. Our love. Your love for me. My love for you. Our love must be higher than the sensational. Wider than the spectacular. And deeper than the sacrificial the greatest gifts and the grandest deeds together with all their greatness and grandeur are nothing make us nothing and bring us nothing if love is absent (laughs) to love to have or not have love is not about emotions love is not about feelings but about living and relating to other people in a way that either does or does not reflect their great worth in God's eyes and if you don't see your brothers and sisters through God's eyes you'll never see them properly in your own eye (laughs) hear this because I worked on this line all week You can put on a show of love without having it, but you cannot have love without showing it. Somebody should have shouted right there. You can put on a show of love without having it, but you cannot have love without showing it. The English language is, uh, has several variations of what love is. You can love someone sexually, or you can love someone familiarly, or you can love someone affectionately as a friend or a coworker, or you can love peach cobbler, or, or you can love uh, a Cadillac, or you can love your Shih Tzu, or you, you can love your cat. You can love your house. You can love being in a warm room with a nice book and a cup of coffee. Those, those are variations of love. But, but the Greek has only three words for love. One is eros, which is sexual love between a man and a woman. And and then there's Philos, from which we get our word Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. But then there is Agape. Agape is the love of God, Agape is benevolent, well intentioned towards another. You don't have to feel anything to love like that, you've got to do something to love like that. Because love is not about feeling, it's about doing. when you love your family you don't always feel like going to work you just get up and go to work my wife doesn't always feel like loving me your husband doesn't always feel like loving you but love is not about a feeling because feelings change talk back to me if you can you remember when you were in high school and you signed your sweetheart's yearbook? Yours forever. Two years later, you forgot what they looked like. And when you went to your 10-year class reunion, you said, thank you, Jesus. because feelings change but love when it is real is always looking out for the best interest of the one who is beloved i love you does not mean i always like you love you means I will not go out of my way to harm you and I will do everything in my power to help you because love when it is real comes from God how can you love God whom you have never seen and hate, lie on, abuse misuse, torture backbite your brothers and sisters who you see every day you are not telling a lie. You are a lie. And the truth is not in you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have loved one for another. Look with me again in verse number one. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, charity, the King James says, I am a sounding brass and a tinkling, clanging, noisy cymbal. Paul says, no matter how great your oratory, No matter how beautiful your speech or how brilliant your rhetoric, without love, you are simply noise. Let me ask you, have you ever been to a cymbal concert? I mean, where where the only instrument on the stage is a symbol? I, I don't imagine you have. Because a symbol is nothing but noise. It crashes. It makes a noise. That There's no note in a symbol. It's impersonal. It's just noisy. There is no, there is no scale in a symbol. It's just a lot of noise. And now in, in a concert you need a symbol but you need a flute you need a clarinet you need an oboe you need a violin you need a percussion section you need a woodwind section because a symbol by itself is just noise but with all the other instruments It becomes a symphony, which makes me to say to us this morning that in the church, there is not a one-person band because the whole church together is a symphony. And anybody operating outside symphonic sound Is noise and you can't listen to the noise and appreciate the music somebody ought to help me talk here today sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal listen to me great oratory can move a person emotionally Great rhetoric can move a person intellectually. Great speech can move a person volitionally. But only great love can move a person spiritually. Sounding brass and tinkling cymbals were the same instruments used in heathen worship. Therefore, The person who exercises his tongue in a spiritual fashion yet does not do so with the love of God in him is no better than a heathen worshiper. In fact, his worship is more man-centered than God-centered. I'm trying to leave that point, brothers and sisters, but there's a difference between gifted preaching and anointed preaching gifted preaching will make you clap but anointed preaching will make you shout there's a difference between gifted singing and anointed singing gifted singing will make you clap but anointed singing will make you cry Because that's something God puts in the anointed that he does not give to the gifted. I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. Um, There was this banquet where a renowned orator was invited to speak. And after he had spoken, he, he was asked by the audience at the banquet for an encore. He stood and, with perfect diction, with acute rhetoric, with, with sweet elocution and erudition, recited the 23rd Psalm. People put their forks down and clapped uproariously because of his diction and his elocution. An old preacher came from the back of the room, got to the podium, and recited the 23rd Psalm. They picked up their napkins and wiped their eyes. When he sat down, the man who had recited the Psalm with such elocution and diction asked somebody next to him, why, when I said it, they clapped. But when he said it, they cried. And the person next to him told him, because you knew the song, he knows the shepherd. And when you know who Jesus is, and when you know that the love of God has been shared abroad in your heart, there's something different about being gifted and being anointed. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and don't love anybody, I'm a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Verse number two, and if I have prophetic powers, if I understand all mysteries and all knowledge and I have faith so that I could remove mountains but I don't love anybody, I'm nothing. That's, that's strength of service in verse number one. But, but in verse number two is energy of equipment. While prophecies and mysteries and knowledge in the service of others is a good thing, people who use their gifts to establish their own superiority or their own dominance over other people are not in accord with God's will. They will only get an inflated opinion of themselves that will do nothing to help anybody else. A PhD without some G-O-D makes you a smart devil and the church is in danger of being destroyed not by unlettered ignorance but by unsanctified intelligence that's intelligence that has not been baptized in the grace of God And when your intelligence has not been baptized by grace, you think you're smarter than everybody in the room. And if you are the smartest person in the room, you better hurry up and get out of there. If you are the only pebble on the beach, if you are the wisest person in your circle, If nobody knows anything but you, if you're in a room by yourself, you're in bad company. Because God has spread out his gifts. And a whole lot of folk want the exhibition gift gifts that people can see so you can stand out above everybody else. You want the gifts of being a Sunday morning gifted person. But we need some Monday morning gifted people. We need some folk who can cook. We need some folk who can park and watch our cars. We need some people who clean the church. We need some people who scrub the bathrooms. Those are spiritual gifts that are behind the scenes that they never get any credit for. But if you do all of it to the glory of God, it does not matter if men don't see it. I've been doing this long enough to know I'm wise enough to know that God can take some drunk off the street and stand him up in his pulpit to preach circles around us because God uses whoever he chooses to use. As good as that choir got through singing a minute ago, God could take every one of them out and get some girl dancing on a pole, put a choir robe on her, sanctify and forgive her, and she'll run every last one of us out of this church. Because what you do, if it's all about you, you get the credit, but if it's all about God, God gets the glory. I'm trying to get through. You didn't come here to hear me preach. You came here for a meeting. You got my email. I know why you're here. You ain't fooling me. Thirdly, verse number three. If I give my body to be burned, if I give away all my possessions and I don't have Love, I gain nothing. We can give away everything we own. Even our bodies to the altar of martyrdom. But if we do so without love in our hearts, it is all a spectacular waste of time. You may build great cathedrals, large or small. You may build skyscrapers, grand and tall. You may conquer all the failures of the past, but only what you do for Christ is going to last. You may seek earthly power and great fame, the world may be impressed by your great name. Soon the glories of this life will all be passed but only what you do for Christ is going to last. Though your songs and your prayers are heard and praised by men, they have no meaning unless you've been born again. Sinner, heed these words. Don't let this harvest pass. Only What you do for Christ is going to last. Love, when it is real, expresses itself in action. Love, when it is true, goes beyond what is expected to do whatever is necessary to reclaim the beloved. When you love somebody, you have spiritual intelligence that moves you towards a spiritual purpose. Spiritual intelligence means when you love somebody, you know everything that's wrong with them. You know how crazy they are. You know how mean they can be. You know their quirks. You know their idiosyncrasies. You know their hiccups. You know their foolishness. You know everything about the person you love, but you love them enough to move them toward becoming better. Can I help you with that? God commended his love towards us. While we were yet Sinner. Somebody ought to help me close here. God didn't wait for me to get my act together, God didn't wait for me to understand the scriptures. God did not wait for me to go to Sunday school or to have a Bible. God did not wait for me to get baptized. God did not wait for me to get off drugs or to get off of alcohol. God did not wait for me to get off the streets or to stop doing what I was doing while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. I wish I had somebody to help me get happy here. I thank God for a love like that because when I couldn't even love myself he loved me even when I didn't know what love was he showed me even when I was incapable of expressing what was on my mind he was looking out for me I wish I had one or two more witnesses here my girlfriend died the other day my sweetheart Tina Turner went to wh- wh- wherever Buddhist people go. I, I-, I almost say it went to be with the Lord, but she went to wherever Buddhists go. Uh, I was in love with Tina mm, because she she could shake that thing because she took a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day. I never lost a minute of sleep. Just worried about the way the things might have been. Big wheel keep on turning, primary keep on burning. Yeah, yeah, you got it. There's some more Tina lovers in here today. But then Tina sang my other song. What love got to do with it. I I wish I could wake Tina up wherever she is right now. I tell her what love got to do with it. Love was born in Bethlehem. Love was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Love was laid in a manger. Love was presented to Simeon in the temple. Love after some years was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Love stood there in the Jordan when John baptized him. And the heavens opened and a dove descended. And everybody heard God saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Love went around healing the sick, turning water into wine. Love made deaf men hear, dumb men speak. Love calmed a storm on the Sea of Galilee. Love fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. Love healed a woman who had an issue of blood. Love went to Jairus' house and took his little girl by the hand as she came back to life again. Love went to a cross one Friday. Love died on a hill called Calvary. They hung him high, they stretched him wide. He hung his head, for me he died. That's love. You gonna help me close this, won't you? That's not how the story ends. Three days later, three days later, three days later. Three days later, ah, three days later, he rose again. That's love. Love is on the right hand of God with power. And every time I sin, love stands up at the right hand of God and said, I know he's done wrong, but I paid for it on Calvary. I know he deserves to die, but I took his place on the cross. Is there anybody here know what love got to do with it? Is there anybody here know Jesus loves you? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. I wish i had a witness here when you don't feel like loving you just love anyhow because he first loved you if the lord saved you and you know god loves you if god has been good to you and you don't mind testifying if the lord has made a way for you and you don't care who's looking at you the Lord brought you a mighty long way and you don't mind being a witness why don't you tell somebody I know what love got to do with it I know what love got to do with it I know what love got to do with it he died didn't he die but Sunday morning he got her up from the grave and because he loves me I can shout this morning because he loves me I can face tomorrow because he loves me I can love my enemies because he loves me I can pray for those who despitefully use me because he loves me. I can go to sleep tonight, put my head on the pillow, and say now I'm the him. I'm the him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. at work in you why don't you grab somebody tell him he loves you 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 he He loves you I know he's So much. I'm trying to let y'all go. But he went back to heaven to prepare a place for us. He said, If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you under myself, that where I am, there you will be also. In my father's house. 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 There are many mansions. Thank you, Jesus. I know he's alright.